there could have been many on um, uh, spirituality. And, and for me, at least, sometimes when we talk about spirituality, I, I could almost use that word interchangeably, understanding it means different things to different people. But I could almost use the word spirituality, you know, at, in the same sense as with the word faith. Uh, for me, they're very, very similar. And, and so we'll talk about that some today. And um, the scripture I chose, though, comes from Genesis 28, when Jacob, he's fleeing for his life. And then when he's exhausted, he lays down to sleep and uh, has a little rock he puts his head on. And we have that story of this incredible dream he has with uh, Jacob's ladder. And the ladder is ascending and descending, ascending and descending from heaven. And he sees all these angels going up and down this ladder. <clears throat> and then during the course of the dream, uh, the Lord or, or God, the God appears to him. And that's the verse I, I wanted to share. And, um, and he says, God tells him, he goes, remember, I, I am with you always, Jacob. You know, he's fleeing for his life. He's anxious. He's, he's off center. Uh, remember, I'm always with you, Jacob. And then Jacob says, and this is the verse I wanted to read. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And how often in life, <clears throat> kind of like Jacob, we're kind of thrown off center. Uh, we're, we're restless. We're discombobulated. We're very anxious and fearful. And in those times, um, we've need that dream. We need the, that spirituality, the faith that, that God is indeed with us and God does not abandon us. And, and so that's our, our spirituality, just waking up to God, waking up to that, that presence in, in, that, in that knowing. Um, and spirituality involves so much more as well. So as we take a little time just um, to pray and to reflect on that, um, what is when we talk about spirituality, and I mentioned in the, the meditation this week, I always get a kick when, when people uh, find out I'm a minister and all the different responses I get, you always get a reaction. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that people will say quite often is, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but I am not a religious person. Or, and what they're saying is, uh, I really love God, I really love Jesus, and I have this, this faith, but I'm, I don't go to church because I'm spiritual, but I'm, but I'm not religious. And what does that mean to be spiritual? And can we be spiritual and be religious at the same time? Because for them, there's sometimes a little differentiation there. So what does it mean to be spiritual? Maybe you have a positive uh, understanding of that. Maybe it's a, a more negative one or maybe a little bit of both. So let's just take a, a few moments to pray silently. What does it mean to you personally uh, to be spiritual if a person says they're, they're spiritual? Let's just take a few moments to pray and, and to reflect on that. Let us pray. Just kind of open this up to um, different people. If you'd like to share a little about uh, when you think of a spiritual person or talking about spirituality, um, maybe that's the same as religion. Maybe it's different for you, but... What are some different, when you think of spiritual, what does that mean to you? 
when we go beyond the shell, beyond the appearances, and we see that which is of God, that which is divine in that other person, and not only in other people, but we see, many of you see that in our, our pets and our dogs and our cats and the, the trees and the rivers, and, and we just start realizing that that God is everywhere. And we might even start using different words for God, like God and the divine, the presence and holiness. It's just, it's just amazing. And, and then religion uh, is really beautiful. And I'm a religious person and I, I all, I'm hopeful I'm a spiritual person as well. But sometimes in the history of religion, religion tries to control people instead of just letting that spirit flow through us and flow through creation. Yeah, so it's just uh, it's a beautiful thing, and it's you know, it's wonderful. It's all inspiring. Anyone else with a thought though on um, spirituality? Yes, Teasdale in his book, The Mystic Heart. I haven't read it, but I was reading about it, and he just says everything stems from mysticism or a primary religious experience. He said we need this is kind of um, what Larry was saying. We need religion. Yet we also need direct contact with the divine or the ultimate mystery. And I think through religion, uh, we help keep that story of God's grace and God's abundance and that, uh, that, that radical love and inclusion for all of humanity and all of creation. And it's a very universal, global story that welcomes everybody, where it's very private and is very inclusive at the very same time. And he says something really good. He said, uh, <clears throat> in speaking about religion and, and churches as well, he says, the church or religion must not be allowed to choke out the breath of the spirit, which breathes where it will, where, where it will. And I think sometimes we get into that habit. We want to control things. We want to control the spirit. We want to control who is in and who is out instead of just letting that spirit which is moving through that story and scripture and moving through our lives. And you could hear that through everyone today. It, it's, it's so individual, but it's so global in context as well. And I think that's also a, a, almost like a little test, a litmus test. You know, if our world is just private, uh, then we're missing out on that spirit because the spirit is, draws in everyone like John Lewis's life. That, that's a, a life of the spirit. He, he lived for everybody and he had this, tremendous passion for bringing that that kingdom here on earth which no one was left out of it and you can see that uh, with rbg ruth ruth ginsburg in her life she was living the life of the spirit to make sure that all were a part of that and and we can see that in our our day-to-day -day lives where we meet spiritual people i also want to mention that i guess when people say i'm spiritual but not religious uh, I always take notice because I'm part of a religion and I, I love being a part of the United Methodist Church. But also the most spiritual people I know are part of our church and other churches I've been a part of. And so it is both <clears throat> and they both support one another. Uh, before I share a couple of words, is there anyone else that had a, a thought on spirituality or, or religion or yeah, yeah, yeah challenges of um, COVID-19 and with us not meeting <clears throat> in person is some of our rituals have changed. 
you know, we're, we're, here, we're meeting by Zoom here and it, it, we have to rethink our mind and, and what it means to be a church. And <clears throat> can we still be a church and meet on Zoom and still have that intimacy and the songs and the prayers and, and, and community when we're on a computer screen with one another? And it's been really a slow process for me, but I'm starting to realize that, yes, we can. We can have a community on Zoom. And, and that doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to going back to in-person worship, but we can do this. And God is still present. And I think that spirit is so strong. I, I think we can still feel each other's goodness and energy, even through a Zoom call. And that's that's religion and spirituality that they they go together for sure. So uh, it's a good question, and and all of y'all responses were just absolutely incredible, and uh, I just loved what you had to say, and certainly enriched my morning and my life as well. And, and so just continuing to ask, and what does it mean to be a spiritual person? And I'd like to add to that, what does it mean to be a spiritual church? Yeah. What does it mean for us to be a, a spiritual church as well? Uh, Roheiser, he just said that spirituality is, is a relatively new word in, in our language. And he thinks it's only been around for about 50 years or so, but that spiritual experience um, has been around since the very beginning. And we can't build a box around spirituality, which is why it's, so elusive sometimes and what exactly does it mean and kind of going back to the wind blows where it wants to and it chooses to and we just trust the movement of that spirit not only in our personal lives but in our our world and, and i think that's the beauty of john lewis trusting that spirit moving through not just him but an entire community and, and nation there and I've known a lot of spiritual people, and, and most of them are right here with us today <laughs> on this Zoom calls, religious and spiritual people. And uh, I can remember um, when Jennifer and I were teaching school in Meeker at, at our middle school, our, our secretary, um, Mary Whalen, uh, she was one of these <clears throat> mystical Catholics. And she would always say, the veil between the living and the dead is a thin one. And I'd love to talk to her now to explore what she meant by that. But she said she just communicated and felt the presence of her mother every day. And that's her religion and her spirituality. The veil between the living and the dead is a very thin one. She told me that all the time. I had an old friend, uh, Dr. Steinman, and many of you might remember, he came down here for some of our uh, uh, adult retreats, and he, he's married uh, or was married to, to Bev Steinman. And so Dr. Steinman was uh, a United Methodist, and I remember he was meeting in some of our groups at church, and then he just kind of disappeared. And he started meeting with uh, a Catholic friend of his and another friend who was unchurched, and they kind of had these meetings that were very low key and they would talk week after week. And it was about their spiritualities, these experiences, these, this knowing of God that they were maybe hesitant to share with everyone because God was so big and, and went beyond all the doctrines and the dogma of 
all their churches. And so they were very careful about sharing that experience because they, to be quite frank, they didn't want to be branded a heretic because <laughs> God was so big and, and so wonderful. And some of you might remember Dr. Steinman coming down here to our church and he, he painted the church a few times. And, but he was a very spiritual person. And later in life, uh, just a few years back, he, he died uh, quite suddenly from pancreatic cancer. But because of that spirituality of knowing how big and how present God was, it was also a time of great change and great love for him during that, that period of passing or transitioning there. Very spiritual person. So our spiritual experiences, we might use different words to describe the spiritual, but these experiences can be very small, like seeing a flower just seeing it differently, uh, seeing a bird or a person in a new light. And, and that's what a couple of you mentioned, just seeing people and seeing creation in a new light. And these experiences can be very big and life altering. And, and I like the big experiences like Martin Luther King or John Lewis or Mother Teresa, those things that they have. But sometimes we, it makes us think, oh, that's for <laughs> these huge saints. But it's it's day to day in all of our experiences, experiencing the beauty and the goodness of God with us. And quite often these spiritual experiences, they can be unexplainable. Like, I know this happened, but no one's going to believe me when I tell them what happened. And it's just very hard to explain sometimes or, or articulate or put words to it. And I remember um, I've shared this many times, but it always just fascinated when my, my father died. And the Sunday after his death, I always remember being in our little church, little Methodist church. And we were singing, we shall gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. All the saints shall gather at, at the river. And while singing that song, I had this experience. I don't know if I call it a vision or a dream or what, but... I saw my dad clearly along that river. And towards the end of life, he, he suffered so much from diabetes and his leg was amputated and he was in tremendous pain. And he was at this river like a 22-year-old kid, just healthy and young and vibrant. And he was just skipping rocks along this slow river. And the whole time I have this experience, I'm also well aware that I'm singing this song in the church. And so that wasn't literal, but there's no way you could tell me that that wasn't true. That he was healthy, he was young. And I remember I approached him walking up the river and I saw him and our eyes met and he just picked up a rock and said, I've been waiting for you. Well, that experience that mystical experience, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, it changed my life. And people can say, well, that's crazy. And it, it is crazy. <laughs> but I also know it was real. Very, very real. And that's where we get into the, the mystical, the, the, the metaphorical, the, the figurative stuff. And it, we, we try to articulate some of these experiences. Uh, Think about the disciples and, and talk about religion and spirituality all coexisting there in one. After Jesus' resurrection, 
the disciples are locked up in that room and they're, and they're, they fear for their lives. What happened to Jesus, his crucifixion might happen to us. And they're in that room. The doors are all locked up. And Jesus just appears out of nowhere. Well, if you take that literally, how did he get into the room if the doors are all locked? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mystical experience. They knew that Christ was present with them. And then you can take the story literally if you want. But to me, it makes more sense just to say Christ is with us. And how Christ shows up and when Christ shows up, who knows? The wind blows where it wants to. But they know that this has they've had this experience. And it gives them the courage, the strength to move out of that locked room and into the world to share that love, to share that experience with, with other people. So Wayne Teasdale, says that in that book, I, I mentioned the mystic heart. He says, each great religion has a similar origin. The spiritual, the, the spiritual awakening of its founders to God, they wake up to God's presence. They wake up to the divine, the absolute, boundless awareness. And even Jesus has this awakening in his life. He, uh, you remember when he, as a child, he disappears and he's at the temple, that house of worship, that, that religious place. And everyone's looking for him and his parents finally find him at the temple. And he says something that's so unusual and strange, especially think if you were his parents. And he says, didn't you know I would be in my father's house? Think of Mary and Joseph. Well, Joseph's your father. He goes, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And there's this awareness of God's presence. And that his father is also our father. His mother is our mother. And there's this oneness that a lot of you referred to when we have this spiritual awakening. And even Paul, who, who's blinded by the light, and he has this transformation of his heart and his mind. And think about these words he says in Galatians. He says, there's no longer Jew or Greek or, or slave or free or male or female, because we are all one in Christ. And at least today, when all of you are talking about the spiritual, it was just a, a it was more. God was more. There's this understanding of how connected all of us are. Where Jesus says, the Father and I are one. And then he says, we are all one. There's this interconnection, that kind of what Larry was talking about, that spirituality is so individual, but it's also so collective. That we need one another and we're all interconnected through that spirit and that, that presence of God. And so we need a, a healthy spirituality that promotes the unity of the human family. That we can't discard some people that we're, we are all needed. And we have these wonderful spiritual people that can be just everyday folks like all of us or, or Dr. Steinman, Mary Whalen, Mother Teresa. But that spirituality informs our life and how we live and respond to different people. And just that growing awareness that 
we're all children of God. And that's that spirituality. And even in the Old Testament, we have these stories, if we look at them through the lens of not only Jesus's death and resurrection, but also that lens of grace, we see these wonderful stories <clears throat> about people gaining that awareness of God's presence. And Elijah, when he's fleeing for his life, and he, he's, he has that fear and anxiety, and he ends up in a cave. He's holed up in the cave, and he's scared to get out. And then the story says there's a great wind, there's the earthquake, and the mountains split apart, and there's a tremendous fire. And he doesn't notice God. And then there's sheer silence. And there he hears God's voice and feels that presence. And he knows that he is not alone. And just like the disciples locked up in the room, he can leave that cave and share that story of God's grace and God's love. And also uh, Jacob the story of that that tremendous dream in that ladder going up and down and you know maybe we do take that some of us might take that literally but it opens up our world when we just see that mystical experience and these angels moving up and down that ladder and then god appears to him in the dream and he says remember i am always with you and he's able to <clears throat> live with that fear or put that fear behind him and go out. And he has this awakening to God's presence that God is everywhere and cannot be confined to, to one place or one group of people. But God is everywhere. So that spirituality, much like Jacob's and, and all these people that we've mentioned, we are waking up to God. And it's not just a one time, <laughs> but we're continually waking up to God's presence in our world. And we realize that ourselves and no one is beyond God's redemption and God's grace. And this is why we practice nonviolence, because if we condemn someone or kill someone, we're saying they're beyond hope. They're beyond God's reach. But that spirituality is realizing that no one is beyond God's grace and God's redemption. And part of that is just sharing that love with ourselves and one another. And it's a great awakening. <clears throat> and I love what the, the 13th century mystic, uh, <clears throat> I always mispronounces his name. So I'll just say what his quote was here. The day of my spiritual awakening, awakening <clears throat> was the day I saw, and I knew I saw, all things in God, and God in all things. That was written in the 13th century. <laughs> that brings me a lot of, of comfort about how real and how loving and great God was at all times there. So I pray that uh, that we may just continue to be open. And there's so many good things going on within our church. And, and, and you can just feel that spirit moving. 
I just can pray that we may continue to be open to the movement of the Spirit in our lives and in our world. And may we continue to wake up to that presence of God that is all around us. And this presence gives us hope. It gives us passion. And it gives us courage to go out there and just to share that good news of that love and that holy presence with all that we meet. Amen.